with hopes of inspiring them and reminding them that our experience, our journey, and our stories matter. Welcome back to Beyond the Studio. My name is Gayatri Sabrian, and I am so excited to be here today with Sarah Rodriguez. Welcome, Sarah. Thank you for having me. Thank you for being here. I'm so excited to sit down and to talk with you. And you just even finished a show. So I cannot wait to dive into this entire conversation with you and to hear more of your story. You're such an inspiration. You're such a beautiful soul that I'm excited. I'm really, really excited for this talk. (laughs) But before we get started, Let's just bring ourselves into the same space. So I invite you to close your eyes with us, maybe placing one hand on the heart, one hand on the belly, feeling the rise and fall, dropping the shoulders away from your ears, separating the lips. Take an inhale in, Holding it at the top for four, three, two, one. We exhale. Holding it at the bottom for four, three, two, one. Let's do that one more time together. Inhale. Holding it at the top for four, three, two, one. We exhale, holding it at the bottom for four, three, two, one. And at your own time, at your own pace, slowly release the hands away from the heart and the belly and gently opening the eyes to a soft gaze. Thank you so much for doing that. Welcome again, Sarah. So nice. Start like that. Mm, Thank you. Thank you. I'm grateful. Perfect voice for it too. (laughs) I appreciate that. Well, Sarah, why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself, who you are, and how you really came to be? Um. Well, that's a big question. Mm-hmm. So, I'll first start and say that I'm a mother. That's my first and most important job that I have. Um, I'm an artist as well, um, musician specifically. I have my own, uh, well, I have a stage name. My stage name is Serenade. And um, so, I've been really doing some good and bigger and better things in the community. So that's been cool. Over the past four years, that's really ramped up. Um, You know, what else am I? I'm just a human trying to get through each day (laughs) the best I can. Um, And with that, with being an artist, I feel like we're a little bit more sensitive to the times um, and just in general. So, yeah, a mother, an artist, human. Mm. And so how old is your son? He's seven. He's a force. Mm Mm-hmm. He is just something else. I mean, he came out of force. There was no crowning. It was just burst onto the scene. No way. <laughs> came into this world with a mission. Okay, I got pregnant on birth control. I was not trying to get pregnant. And he was like, okay, I want to be here. 
I've got something to say. I've got something to do. Let me tell you, this this little boy. Is Give something. us a little insight on his personality, because now I'm curious about this. Yeah, so um, we wanted to make sure he had part of his name, a strong African name. So his middle name is Ayetoro, which means peace, peace on earth. It comes from the Yoruba language. Um, and we liked it because of, you know, just the message of his name mm -hmm. and peace on earth. I want him to be a peaceful human in this very harsh world. Um, so, and then we like that Toro aspect because that would kind of honor my side of the family and my Latin culture. And on top of that, he is a Taurus. So he's born in Taurus season. So once we saw that name, we were like, yeah, that's that's the name for him. I think that's gonna be it. So we call him Toro. He's a straight up little bull. Yeah. Young individual. He's just, he's amazing. He's really is. How did you go about choosing his name? Well, yeah, it's funny because my friend who ended up being my doula, um, she gave me this little paperback book. It's kind of smaller, odd shape. It's almost like if you cut an eight by 10 in half and they make this like a book of African names. And so I actually still have it. I never ended up giving back to her because she ended up moving to Boston, back to Boston. And um, so she gave me this book and we were looking through it. And a lot of the names I had seen before and um, I spent a lot of time with that book. I took it everywhere with me. I really want, it was important to my partner and I for him to have an African middle name because my partner's Jamaican. So he, he was really um, wanting that as well. So um, once I saw that, and at first it's funny cause you know, you, you go around saying it to your, your family, your parents, my sister, very close to my sister. And I was like, what do you think about this for a middle name? And they're like, huh? They didn't understand it. And I was like, yeah, it's really cool. I think we're going to use that for his middle name because his first name is, is also his father's name, Cleon. It was mm -hmm. important for him to, to have his first son named after him. So I wanted to honor that. And so, um, so yeah, that's how it really came about with this little book and just mm -hmm. going through it and looking through it. And when that name, I found it, I was like, that the message first really struck me. Yeah, and, absolutely. Um, and just that Toro aspect, just knowing that he's a Taurus and just from the conception matter, knowing that he is a, he is gonna be a very determined little individual. So, yeah. Like you saw it coming, you're like, okay, here you are, all right. And just based off of his personality, how would you describe him? How would you describe he, him? Other is, than a force to be reckoned with, because I'm yeah. already getting the essence, you know, totally. like. He's very, he's a happy child. He's very talkative. He will talk your ear off until he falls asleep. You know what I mean? There's sometimes where I lay down with him at night. We, we connect before we go to bed. I always tell him to like focus on my breathing so you could like, it'll help you fall asleep. Um, so sometimes it's funny, he'll just like keep talking and talking and talking and I'm like, buddy, it's time for bed. Like, just let's, let's relax. So he's very talkative. He's a very happy kid. Um, when everything's going his way, you know, once, once something doesn't go his way, that little bull comes out. Um, but overall, he's just so happy. He's just so full of joy. Mm. Everyone he meets is just smitten with him because he is just, he's just this beautiful energy. And energy is so important, especially when you're looking at your children, you know, as they grow up, understanding the type of energy that they have, right? And just how you can work with that energy because now it's a new type of energy in your life, right? right? So prior to your son, you know, <laughs> It was a whole different ball game for you. Were you an artist? Were you a musician yeah. doing all of the work that you were doing prior to having him? I wasn't doing it as much as I am now. Because in 2016, I recorded some song. I recorded this little EP. Nothing too crazy, too serious. Um, just from um, 
people wanted to know what I sounded like. So I was like, well, I have some of these songs written, let's record it. So that project kind of went off in 2016. He was born in 2013. So I was always just kind of playing in different groups with friends and just doing fun, easy cover stuff. Um, but I knew, and I've always known, like, I don't want to be singing covers all the time. I have all this stuff that I have written and I, I prefer to do something more original mm. um, than be, to be singing covers all the time. They're fun and well, it's, you know, it's what people um, kind of gravitate towards, especially when you're out and playing for the public and somebody doesn't know who you are and doesn't really grasp the concept of artistry and what it is to be an artist and doing original thing as opposed to this you know, manufactured stuff for the masses, which is all well and good, you know? That's, that's awesome when you can do things to that magnitude. Um, but I just have always known that I have my own path and my own stories to tell, my own melodies and original um original things to share with people mm, absolutely yes so where do you find your inspiration when it comes to creating your your songs your music where does that come from um well i get most inspired when i am out in nature um you know i've one of my songs that i recorded on this little ep I mean, I just went to visit my cousin at the time. She lived with her partner up in on this little mountain. Her partner had like built this beautiful log cabin. And um, I just went to visit them one weekend. And I was like, I'm gonna just go lay in the, in the grass in the sun and play my ukulele and just see what happens. So I just, the one song I just, pressed record on my phone and just started messing around and this whole song came through you know so I'm just very inspired by nature um just being around trees water is very inspiring to me a lot of times when I have some very um serious moments and also when I have to like finish a song I'll just want to be at the lake be mm. down down by a body of water just because something about it just makes me, just makes my head clear mm. and I can think clearly and things, they flow just like the water. So um, nature is very important to me. And it's funny when I get stuck, I always just have to be like, okay, let's go outside. Let's change it up, let's go somewhere different. Definitely helps, you know, it definitely helps I feel when you get into a different space, into a different environment, into a different scene, right? Yeah, absolutely. So how is your, cause I've listened to a few of your songs out, you know, I was happy to be part of one of your videos last yes. year. That was so fun. That was, was so super fun. fun. <laughs> that whole night was just so beautiful. It was magical. It really was. So that was the same night we actually finished our show, our last showcase since mm -hmm. the pandemic it was october october 19th i remember that date actually yep. um october 19th and we had finished our show and i promised sarah that we were going to come to um the tabernacle was that where yeah was? you rolled yes. through deep <laughs> your squad was deep you just came through and we're like yes 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 you came with all your magical energy mixed with I our magical energy and it was just it like was, it <laughs> Yes, it was amazing, um, you know, because I really, I thought you were just playing. I didn't realize that you were doing a video that night. And mm -hmm. it just like worked out so beautifully for us to just be there because it was the first time I got to hear you play live, you know, yeah. and this is, guys, this is like one of the biggest problems when you're an artist, like you have all these artist friends, but guess what? You don't always get to go and see them when they perform because you're an artist too. And so right. there's always things going on, but I made it a point to make sure that we, um, that we were going to go to the Tabernacle and check out um, Sarah playing because she's been on my list and on my radar for quite some time to see live. And um, it just worked out perfectly for us to go after the show. And so, you know, you were singing, um, 
and correct me if I'm wrong, but it's a Spanish song you were singing mm -hmm. um, yep. that we ended up shooting. And I wanted to know, and how is your culture and your heritage connected to your art form? And then why do you choose to present that particular style of music in your art form? Well, first, I thought of it as a way to separate myself from other artists in the area. There's not a lot of people doing, um, you know, songs in Spanish doing um, Latin music. There are Latin jazz, a few little Latin jazz groups, but they're very, they're very few and far between. And they're all men. And mm. there's no women here doing anything of that nature. And, you know, I'm always invited, I've, I've been invited to those groups and doing shows with them and stuff. But, and they're all, you know, they're all these older cats. They have so many years of experience and, the level of experience is just out of this world, these guys. But at the same time, it's like, okay, that's well and good. I've learned what I need to learn from you. And now I'm going to try to take that and do my own thing. Mm -hmm. And it's funny be too, because around the time that I wrote that song, I wrote that song last April for um, the Raices Theater Company, which is a small bilingual theater company here in Buffalo, New York. And Vicky, the director, she had... Um, reached out to me to write some music because they were doing a small play festival. And so um, I just kept, we, I had mentioned the ancestors before we started. I just kept, yes. I just kept getting the, like around that time, I was just like keep getting bombarded with just all these opportunities that people wanted me to be because they, I was doing something different than others. I was doing stuff singing in Spanish rather than just doing stuff in English. Um, so, I wrote a couple songs for them and um, I will record the other song eventually. I was supposed to do that like earlier this year, but you know, 2020. Pandemic and um, all. <laughs> and so um, it's just been, I felt a lot of just push from the ancestors to go this route. Because mm. it's not that I was fighting it before. It was just that I was finding my way. Like mm. any artist is always, you have all these inspirations. I've got a lot of just soul R&B um, inspirations and there's plenty of people doing that here in Buffalo mm -hmm. and they're doing it well and they're being successful and it's beautiful. But it, to me as an artist, I'm always asking myself, what can I do to set myself apart from people? Mm -hmm. What can I do that's different than what everybody else is doing? And to me, it just seemed like the easiest and most organic thing to just really delve into my heritage. Mm. So um, that's what I've been doing. And it's been really wonderful. And <laughs> it's just been a really nice little journey. And this, this path that I'm taking has been leading me to some really wonderful opportunities. Yeah, you actually just did um, the ancestral um, walk. Mm -hmm. Is that what it was called? With Robin yeah. Hibber and um, Beatrice, which I thought was so beautifully done. Yeah, I hadn't danced in forever for years. I um, so once Robin asked me to do this, she asked me if I wanted to sing or if I wanted to dance, and I immediately said I wanted to dance. Mm, because why? one well one she wasn't doing the choreography so I know I wasn't going to be learning her choreography she's very strict and it's like you know I don't even want to I love her to death she's amazing her choreography is incredible but I am not up to her standards <laughs> in terms of dance because you know <laughs> I've I haven't been dancing my entire life I've only really been dancing since my, my 20s mm. uh, 35 now so it's like um I don't have that strong of a dance background, but it's strong enough that I can be doing certain things. So, mm -hmm. and plus the bomba is incredible. It's yeah. something I've been learning about more with Beatrice really just going gung-ho in, in the community here. And, you know, I try to take dances when I can, dance classes when I can. Um, and it's easy because I can with me, so I don't want to take a class. He ends up jumping in, he's a huge dancer. Um, mm -hmm. So, it, it was just like a, an easy decision that I just made immediately. And I used to dance with the African-American Cultural Center for years. And 
once I left their group, I didn't really do any um, like dance performances. Mm-hmm. So to have that opportunity to do the ancestral walk and I was just like, absolutely, let's do it. And we were supposed to do something very similar um, with the with with that. So it was um, it was supposed to be done last year. I don't know really know what happened, but it, uh, same concept with the African ancestral um, vibes along with what was going to be the Native American drumming and dancing. So it was going to be something very similar, weaving the two together. Mm. Uh, but for whatever reason, it didn't happen. And then we started this pandemic. Um, so um, that fell through. But I think it's, I think eventually it's going to become a whole series because you can mm. really tie Africa to a lot of these uh, different dances from different cultures. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, that project was so incredible. When it was done, I was just like, I gotta, I gotta go to classes. I gotta go to work <laughs> classes. But it was just, uh, that just filled my cup for, mm-hmm. I mean, probably till the end of the year, just because it was so, so beautiful. And the skirt, oh my God, the skirt. I had to tell the outfits were I was like, how much do I owe you for the skirt? Because, girl, I need it. It was made for ah. months. I was like, just tell me I will bring you money on Friday. Like, please tell me. Skirt, <laughs> you put it on and you just start. You just, I just can't stop moving. It's just like, I'm just want to shimmy everywhere. Uh, it's, oh, skirt aspect of the dance is so beautiful. Yeah, no, it's gorgeous. I, I saw the video of the um of the entire thing and it was just beautiful. It really was. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I wanted to ask you, um, growing up. Growing up, was there anybody else in your family that had this artistic side or had an artistic side? Yeah, absolutely. Artistic in different ways, for sure. Um, My mom has always kind of been artistic, but more on the actual, like, drawing and painting. Um, Yeah, drawing and painting. She used to, when we were growing up, she used to have a ceramic shop. So... um, you know, she's always kind of had that artistic flair. Um, but her father was actually an amazing guitar player. Um, so, and it's funny because like, we just had to clear that house because my aunt just moved out of it. Um, my grandparents, when they were alive, they lived with my two aunts who never married. So, um, and my aunt just uh, had to move out of the house. So we were able to grab some really incredible things. I got my, I took a bunch of my grandfather's records. Oh, really cool. I don't know. I haven't had time to see if how warped they are to work, but um, I got to take a bunch of his records. There was a cool little like um, guitar, like lesson book in there. And um, I forgot how, what an amazing woodworker he was. So I got some really cool pieces of his. Mm. I got this little vanity mirror, you know, like when you're doing your makeup, you set it on and it you can adjust it. But it's like he, he made this mirror and the wood carvings were just really cool. So I got to, so he was very artistic in that way as well. Wow. Um, yeah, so I feel like my mom's side of the family was more artistic, more than anything than my dad's side of the family. How have you feel that they've inspired you as a, as you were growing up and really finding your way into music? It's just was that um, aspect of the music always just being around, mm-hmm. whether it just be playing on the radio or playing records or dancing around the house. You know, I, I can remember clear as day when my dad taught me how to to, to dance salsa in the bedroom where he Aww. just because his record player was in the bedroom he put on the record and we just like he was teaching me how to dance salsa and um, my dad's always had impeccable taste in music mm-hmm. and so um, I've always had good music around me you know my grandfather just having his guitar and playing it when he was alive he kind of um, passed away when I was smaller but I can still remember him remember his guitar playing that's just something that stuck to me. Even yes. 
It's interesting the type of memories that stick to you when when you are so young, you know, you specifically remember doing these things, dancing with your dad in the bedroom, Mm -hmm. you know, listening to your grandfather play the guitar. Um, It's interesting just how these these quote unquote hobbies that we're told that they are, how how impactful they are to you and just how much they serve you as an individual because you've carried those memories on with you, right? So is there anything that your son does, you know, that reminds you of yourself growing up or anyone in your family? Just the way he absorbs everything. Really, you think he's not paying attention, but he is. Um, You know, when I go to a lot of these dance classes um, or, you know, when I'm doing projects with Robin and she's singing the rhythms, he'll, we'll get home and he's just repeating and singing these rhythms. Mm -hmm. Or, um, you know, I remember when we had uh, a snowstorm last winter and we had like a snow day or something. So we were just having fun in the house and blasting music. And he, we have a little, I have a little music room. So um, he busted out the drum and he was playing these rhythms. And I'm just like, because he's absorbed it. You think he's not listening and then all of a sudden he'll just bust them out. And I'm just like, yeah, yeah. I definitely did that because, um, you know, I've always been able to play by ear, like I grew up my first instrument was a piano. So like I was always able to like play stuff by ear. So that aspect of being to recreate things by ear that he also has, mm-hmm. that kind of reminds me of um, myself as I was growing up. Mm, that's so beautiful. I love that. Like I love, I love discussing just how you see your, see your child and the artist within them, you know, and as I'm hearing more of these stories, just, seeing the connection between us and our children as well. And then of course, our connection to our family and growing up because for example, our storytelling, right? The stories that we hear through our lifetime, they're carried with us. Um, Akram Khan, who is, a, um, who is a choreographer, he actually said that our bodies are living museums, right? We hold things in within us. And I thought that that was just super cool because we never realize just how much memories are stored within our bodies, you know, whether it's something that you've listened to, something that you've heard or something that you've seen. And so then when you're able to recreate it in your own which way, it's one of the most beautiful things that I think that can come about. And especially if you're an artist, just really tapping into that and creating it, whether it's for a performance, whether it's for a show or whether it's just for your own pleasure of creating something and letting it out. Right. So our bodies being museums. Right. And storing those memories and those stories in there. That's beautiful. Mm. That's so Mm. beautiful. Tell us a little bit about the show that you just did in a pandemic? Oh, it was so incredible. Mm. It was like, I was actually, I had a moment to myself today, like by myself driving to Target <laughs> of all places. <laughs> it's like my only alone time, you know, uh, where I just started getting really emotional thinking about it. Like yesterday I was completely out of commission, like, you know, I'm definitely an introvert, which makes doing stuff very hard sometimes in terms of, um, you know, expending energy and then taking the time to recharge after that. Mm -hmm. So yesterday, I mean, I was just like out of commission, so tired, energy, like energetic wise, mentally, physically, I was just like, ugh. I just want to be one with the couch all day. And luckily I was able to do that because I went to visit my sister and let the kids play. So that was, that was very rejuvenating. But like today, like I was just like, oh my God, that was just so incredible. Um, So I've been doing, it started last year. I, you know, I like to write down what I want to do. I like to visually see it. I like to have certain goals. And so last year I had written down that I wanted to do um, a Bossa Nova showcase because I've always been a huge fan. Um, I have this 
love affair with the Portuguese language that mm. there's just something about it. I just, I just love it so much. Um, and so I wrote it down that I wanted to do it last year, got some musicians together, learned some songs, my favorite album. We did it. We did it a few times. Um, so it's just, um, taken on quite a following here in Buffalo mm. in the jazz community. And so, um, yeah, we've just been doing it and doing it and doing it. And I did one over the summer at the Hotel Henry when we were able to do things outside. Um, and then we just did it um, Friday at the Cabaret Lounge at the Musical Fair Theater. And it was just, it just felt so luxurious. It just felt like very major just because it was like, you know, I just had to show up and do my thing. I didn't have to worry about cameras. I didn't have to worry about like equipment, nothing. I just showed up with my little flute and my little jacket and... I loved your jacket. Oh my God, that was so gorgeous. Oh my God. That was so Thank beautiful. You. I was like, I saw it, I had to have it. And I was like, yes, I'm gonna wear it for the show. And it another, another thing that I put on, I'm just like, yes, you just mm -hmm. come someone different and just move differently when you put it on and um yeah so what made this one so special was because um one we had this incredible production this level of uh production from the musical fair people and so that was just wonderful and luxurious and two because I got to play with some um major musicians in the community, which is such a treat. Mm -hmm. um, there's uh, it's like, yeah, I've heard a lot about him. He's, a, he's been a staple in the Buffalo community for a while. And we've been kind of missing each other just because of the whole pandemic stuff, things getting canceled and whatnot. Um, so I actually got the opportunity to play with him this time. And it was mm -hmm. just, it was just out of this world. I did it just a duet with him and I, and it, it, I had to sit down after because I was just like, that was so amazing. Mm -hmm. um, so, and another person that I played just one-on-one -on -one with him one other time, but he's another very seasoned musician here in Buffalo, guitar players, duets, and so that. Just to have everyone together. And the, the other two players I played with were Nelson and Ben. Um, Ben actually recorded the bass for my uh, recording of my single. Um, so, and he's just has the nice background in Latin jazz in general. So he he's a perfect fit for when we have to do stuff on that realm. So it was just having all these four musicians to back me doing the um, the bossa nova was it just it was it was incredible. It was stellar. It was just world-class like i really felt like it was world-class it felt just mm. so special and so dreamy and um the only thing that would have made it more dreamy was if we had an audience there um but i mean still it was live streamed and it was you know you were still able to watch it from your home but there's nothing like an audience at a show it just adds a level of energy as you know yeah. Yeah, that, that there's nothing like it. So, so true. It was just, but it was just, it was just so special. Like I'm just like, oh, I'm gonna be floating on that for at least until January, just because it was so, just so dreamy. Yeah. No, I have to finish making it through the rest of the um, rest of the video. But it was from what I've heard so far, it's so beautiful. You have such a wonderful voice. Thank I you. mean, and you were right, turn it on after the kids go to bed. And it was just like, so magical, like you were saying, it really was magical. Um, so yeah, so thank you for sharing that with me. I wanna touch on something that you actually said as you started this conversation. Um, you said, you know, you were referring to the jacket. And you said you become someone different. Do you normally take on a different identity when you get on stage? Definitely, for sure. Um, there's no doubt about it. For me, part of that has to do with what I'm wearing because um, Robin taught me 
that when you show up, you want people to know that you're the performer, you're the teacher, you're the person in charge. So that's always stuck with me when she told me that. So I've always made how I look a big part of that. And because you gain so much confidence from what you wear, it just makes things turn on. So um, like I'm very, I can be more laid back and reserved in general, but once the performing comes, you put on something to make you just feel like you are the best person in the whole world. Like, can nobody tell you nothing when you get on that stage? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And to me, I just use what I'm wearing to be a vehicle for that. And um, yeah, just like with the bomba skirt, you put that on and you were just like, yes, yes, let's go. (laughs) I've never learned how to roll my R's and I just love (laughs) hearing you do it. I want that on replay just so you know. (laughs) I can make your ringtone where it's just me rolling my R's. (laughs) Oh my goodness, yes. (laughs) That would be be wonderful. That would be so great. (laughs) I'll send it along when I do the music for the, the intro. Yes, so Sarah is going to be doing some music for the podcast intro, and I'm so excited. I am so excited that she's she's offering this. It's so beautiful. Yay. Yeah, I had started working on it, but then um, things shifted, yeah. and I wanted to do something different, but I didn't have my microphone with mm-hmm. me at the time, and so I had to put that on pause, and I haven't got a chance to get back to it just because I had been have been preparing for this Bosanova show, but um, I'm going to switch gears a little bit. I'm going to do some cool, um, some fun stuff. So. Oh, I'm excited. I'm so excited. Maybe you're listening to this and it has it on there, but we'll, we'll get it up there as soon as she, um, as soon as she shares it with us. I'm so excited. I love creating with artists and doing collaborations. Um, I know you and I have spoken in the past to do something and it is still on my radar to do something with you. Absolutely. I still want to do it because, you know, I feel like sometimes my visions are too big for the here and now. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I have these grand visions of Mm -hmm. visual productions and, um, I will do it one day. Oh yeah, we will. But it's just not now. Well, Sarah, when have when did you start really listening to your instincts? We'll call it instincts for now. I don't know, honestly. I've been always kind of more in tune. I would say more as an adult. Hmm. I can't really pinpoint a time frame, but you know, more as an adult, you get that um, you just have a knowing of listening to those instincts a little bit more because you're an adult, you've had gotten through your, your foolish phase doing dumb things and, <laughs> you know, um, so you have a little bit more maturity to really, um, listen to your instincts. So I'd say yeah. definitely more in my twenties and beyond, Cause I've always been more of an intuitive person mm-hmm. always. And so, and I think sometimes that has to do with being an artist mm-hmm. and being a, a sensitive to being an empath. I'm definitely an empath for sure. Mm-hmm. So um, I've always kind of listened to those things, but as I get older, I feel like I learn different facets of my intuition which are mm. really neat um, or just learning to unlock your magical powers. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 So it's been, it's been really cool to be like, Oh, so that's what that means. Oh, okay. <laughs> it okay. makes sense now. Like that makes sense. Like these yeah. little things, you start piecing it in and seeing the connection, you know, to your greater purpose, your greater your underlying passion whatever it may be you just just see that power just your your straight up power yeah Um, whether it's um however that whatever that means to you Mm -hmm. but for me like um I refer to that I I feel very uh connected 
to people sometimes um, I'm learning that like, okay, if somebody, just as an example, like somebody who I haven't seen or heard from in forever just randomly pops into my head, <laughs> then all of a sudden, whether it's almost immediately or um, a short time after that, I'll hear from this person. Mm-hmm. So it's just that interconnected um, web that we have with people and spirit and energies. So I'm yeah, learning yeah. that like when that happens, okay, something has to do with that. That's why like some of my dreams lately, I'm like, oh man, that person was in there. And I immediately have to be like, reach out to them just because yeah. I'm as I unlock things within myself, um, I'm learning that, oh, I have I have some very intuitive things that in this physical realm um, might not make sense, but in the spiritual realm make way more sense and that mm-hmm. interconnectedness with people and places and spirits and things like that. So um, I'm just learning to listen to those a little bit more and follow those things as they come along and just just following that intuition of being like okay that wasn't a coincidence oh that's so uh, you know I reached out to somebody for my my birthdays in January and I wanted to um it's a family friend that I grew up with and there's these amazing uh Bolivian treats called salteñas which are like um it's almost like stew in a pocket it's like a it's incredible. So um, you can't find them anywhere, anywhere around here. Like, really? This place was like New York City. And like, I'm not going to New York City if we're in uh, South Asia right now. But um, I had reached out to someone who has a sister who is married to a Bolivian. So he and he's an amazing chef and cook. So I saw one time that he made them. And so I just reached out to him randomly. I was like, my birthday's in January. I would like a dozen. I want to give you enough notice. And you know what his response was? I was just looking up the recipes for that. No way. Yeah. And I was like, okay. And he's like, that's so weird. And I'm like, no, it's not. Not to you. I'm just in tune. That's it. That's all. (laughs) So just stuff like that. That that kind of thing happens to me all day. Sometimes. Every day. Every day there's something along those lines happening. So just hearing you talk about just energy like I get excited because that's like the type of person I am too and I'm like yeah this is awesome <laughs> right here everything is energy you know yeah absolutely we were even talking we were having some technical difficulties um in the beginning <laughs> while we were trying to get things started there was, there was a lot of technological problems and she was talking about frequency and I'm like I wonder who is lingering around in her area right now <laughs> seriously I haven't yeah. saved this place in a little bit I need to I need to take a little walk about the house <laughs> <laughs> with some rose water get the rose yeah. water out clearing the spaces in the corners mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> where do you see yourself when we're over with this pandemic what would you like to bring to our community and just more music mm-hmm. more original things more um, original. Okay. i'm more i want i've definitely seen myself recording more of these things that I have. Um, Like I had said before, I I had these plans to record some songs and um, that didn't happen. And, you know, now I've, you know, I just feel like now, what were we in November? I feel like now I'm just starting to get my bearings. Um, And I think a lot of that has to do with um, just, you know, I, for all sense of connecting with people. Like I definitely had to start some meds over this pandemic, you know what I mean? Just to help me get through life in general. So I think just like adjusting to something new, trying some meds when everything wasn't working, all my tools I had within me weren't working. Um, uh, Getting adjusted to that, getting adjusted to, realizing okay working and trying to do school with my child was not at all feasible so getting him into a virtual learning hub um, was really important Um, and once everything that 
everything started adjusting to a little bit more uh, feeling normal in terms of, okay, this is my work time. Now this is my family time and not just like doing everything in the house all the time. Um, just having that adjustment and taking until now and feeling more grounded and feeling more clear headed and um, now feeling like I can do more things now getting through the day doesn't feel like a struggle. Mm -hmm. um, so with that, when this pandemic is over, I think just getting out more and doing, bringing more of my original creations to community and um, just to not even community because I'm, if I'm recording something and throwing it up on Spotify, you can listen to that or iTunes or wherever, wherever you're streaming. Um, that can reach so many people outside of this community. So that's always really cool. Um, yeah, so I just see myself creating more and doing more things, but more things that fall in line with um, my intentions. You know, I kind of stopped taking every opportunity to perform and really just picking and choosing when, what felt right, when it felt right. And when things felt like too much, I had to scale back completely. Hmm. So just following that, um, I don't have to take every opportunity given to me. If I'm gonna do something, I want it to be quality I want it to be um, not all the time because then, you know, people ask for you when you're not around all the time and doing everything every week. Um, so I think it'll be just more building my original creations here and in the community. Mm, I like that. I actually like that because you touched on something that I think as artists, you always feel the need to to it all. And, you know, in Buffalo, if you haven't been to Buffalo, if you're listening outside of Buffalo, um, summers in Buffalo is honestly one of the best because we just have festival after festival, event after event every weekend from like, what is it, June until September? <laughs> it's every weekend. So sometimes as an artist, it can get very draining to to perform and show up and and then you just start recycling things that you don't feel the like desire to really play again but you're like well it's already done I don't have to do much work with it I can just present it but then just you as an artist and that that feeling that you want after you give a show or a performance or a gig you want a very different feeling right what's the feeling that you usually strive for when you have completed a show? I want the feeling where I go to bed smiling. Mm. Anytime I think about it, I feel a certain way, whether it's um, just pure happiness, pure bliss, whether it's tears of joy, mm. just that, that happiness after the show where you just can't stop smiling and beaming about it and talking about it. Yeah. That's what I want after a show. You know, yeah. sometimes shows don't feel good. You know, players weren't on. Um, we had too many technical difficulties. <laughs> you know what I mean? That happens all the time. Somebody's cord goes and like we're scrambling to get one from somebody that's not even at the gig. So it's like, mm. you know, when it feels right, it feels right. Everything yeah. jives, the, the flow is there, the vibe is there. You know, um, you just got to have that vibe supply. How do you recover from when you're feeling so tapped out? You know, like what are some ways that you that you find a sense of um, peace or or recharging? Like, what do you normally do? Um, I very much retreat to myself. Um, just the kind of person I am in general, I need a lot of space and just like a lot of solitude alone time is always helpful and you know when you have a family and a partner you can't always have that but I've tried to establish like you you know establish some boundaries being like you know what right now I need to take an hour and just like shut the door and it's nothing against you but I just need some alone time 
you know, handle it, please, because I need to handle myself. You yeah. Know? Um, so it's usually just a little bit more solitude after to recharge, not doing anything, not even listening to a lot of music. Like after a show, I can't listen to music. If I do, it's got to be, you know, instrumental, class, mm-hmm. a lot of classical music. I love classical music. Um, I listen to it a lot when I'm working. Um, but after a show, even, you know, just in the house, I need to listen to just stuff without words, stuff that's not busy. Um, mm-hmm. Just stuff to ease my mind because it takes so much energy to put on something. And um, because I have that more um, introverted personality, when I do something so extroverted, it feels great. It's wonderful. But I just, after that, know that it's just time to recharge, time to retreat, time to um, turn down the volume, time to just shut all the background noise off and just be, Mm -hmm. just be in that stillness, be in that quiet space of reflection. Sometimes, a lot of times there's reflecting going on. A lot of times you just want to um, tap back into yourself. So, yeah. What was it like when you found out that as a performing artist, you pretty much wouldn't be doing what you were doing for such a long time? I was fine with it, honestly. I was okay with it. It's not my livelihood. I don't do this for a living. I have a regular job. Um, Playing music for me is just something I love. Yeah, it's nice to have some extra cash sometimes, you know, having multiple flows of income. But, you know, if I don't have it, I'm okay. If I don't have that extra income from performing, I'm okay. Um, Yes, I did miss it, but because there was just so much adjustment to the pandemic, um, I I was okay with not performing. I definitely felt the physical um, the physical response to not playing, to not singing. You know, mm-hmm. breath and playing flute specifically is very um, or singing rather, singing and playing flute is very much connected to the breath. So. Um, to me, that just singing and playing flute is a lot, very meditative just because you are so tapped into your breath work. And um, just having been a yoga teacher for so long and um, just around that realm and knowing how important the breath is to your sanity, um, I definitely, once I stopped doing that, I felt the physical results of not doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, not that sense of peace. I remember at one point of the pandemic where I had my first, um, I don't know if it was a panic attack or an anxiety attack. I'd never had one before, but um, it was just, I felt something coming. I was trying to lay down and open up my chest so I could breathe. You know, I got my little blocks out. I was like, okay, I'm having a really hard time breathing. All right. And then at some point I was like, whoa, this is really overwhelming. Like I really can't breathe. And I just told my partner, I was like, um, something's happening right now. And I don't really know. Can you guys like go to the park or something? Like, can you just like give me like half an hour or something? Just go to the park. I need some time because I don't want Toro to see me like this because this is very scary to me and I don't want to scare him. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was just like, something's about to happen please give me some space. And when, once they left, I just kind of went towards what I knew and what helped me get through that whole episode was just playing my flute Mm. and um, just tapping into the breath work involved with flute and just, I like to just put on the drone, like the Shruti box drone and just improvise over it. So I just put that on and I just, sat on my mat and I just played flute and within five to seven minutes whatever was happening to me subsided wow and it was just like whoa that was 
super intense. <laughs> but that was the only way I knew to get through it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, wow. so it was just, and that was kind of the point where I realized, okay, I know I have a lot of tools in my box to get through difficult things, okay? I've done yoga for over 10 years. I've taught for about half of that, you know? Um, I know the tools. I, I know I have tools. And nothing was working anymore. Mm. Absolutely nothing was working anymore. So I realized, okay, I have to open up myself to something new. And immediately when I started taking medication, I felt the difference the next day. Mm. So I was mm. like, okay, you know, I was resistant in a way that, you know, I think it culturally has a lot to do with it. Mm -hmm. I have a Latin, I come from a Latin culture there, you know, you know, if you don't know, <laughs> where you been, but, um, <laughs> you know, culturally it's like, oh, you have to go on meds. What's wrong with you? It's like, yeah, then, you know, but, you know, I tried everything I could yeah, until I said, okay, something else has to happen. And I know this doesn't have to be forever, but I just need this now. Yeah. Was the and panic attacks or anxiety attacks happening often or was it that never? Time? It was just, um, I realized that um, I was dealing with anxiety a lot more than I had thought. Um, mm. Last year, it actually ended me in the hospital. Um, mm. I went to the ER because um, my heart was tripping out and I was at work and it was very alarming. And um, I ended up going to the emergency room and they did all kinds of tests. And um, even a couple weeks after they did other tests and um, nothing was wrong. Mm. And I'm like, why was my heart doing that? And then I was like, I had to really go within and ask myself, what, why was it doing that? If there's all these medical tests that have been done, um, what's going on? And then I just kind of noticed my behavior. I started really observing my behavior and how I react to things. And um, so I, you know, made some adjustments to even like something as simple as my coffee intake, mm -hmm. um, you know, noticing that coffee, regular coffee um, is not very helpful with those type of things. So mm -hmm. just making little adjustments there and um, realizing, oh, I really have anxiety and I didn't realize it. And uh, should probably pay a little bit more attention to that <laughs> and adjust myself accordingly. Um, and so that's when I kind of noticed, all right, this is something that is starting to ring the alarm. Mm -hmm. So um, let's pay attention to it. Mm -hmm. And then just ever since that that emergency room visit, I've been very aware of, okay, what what else can I do differently to help mm. these things not be so intense? And then the pandemic happened and things got super intense, super quick. Mm -hmm. um, and so I was just like, all right, Let's give it a go. I talked to a bunch of different friends um, who uh, had started the same medication just to like feel okay about it and this decision. Yeah. And so, um, you know, talking to three or four different people really helped me be like, I'm going to be fine and this is going to be great. And um, so it was so helpful. It was so helpful. So, um, yeah, just having that wisdom within yourself to be like, okay, if I'm doing this, that, and the other that I know is gonna help, um, then what else can be done differently? And it was really great too, because my work with this pandemic had offered, sorry, had offered, um, EA, they have an EAP program. So um, part of our benefits and being an employee of the company that I work for was getting access to four counseling sessions That's for free. And I'd yeah. never seen counseling before. And so that was really neat experience just to talk to a counselor, <laughs> talk to someone you don't know who has uh, 
more experience and an expertise. And I was like, oh, wow, okay, this isn't so bad. She's really making me think about some different things. That's cool. Mm -hmm. um, so it was just, it's been a whole learning experience with just um, taking care of my mental health, honestly. Yeah, it's so important. It's one of the things I don't think we, we really take note of. And even just you recognizing that, you know, this feeling is not usually within you. And what is it? What does it mean? Like kind of going through those steps, like asking yourself those questions. Like, you know, I wasn't feeling this way before. What's really kind of set it off? What do I need to do? What kind of lifestyle changes do I need to make? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And, and this that's pandemic. What we strive for just in general, just that yeah. clarity. Just a, a little bit of clarity in life. That's all we're looking for. <laughs> break that little fog. Just to break that fog. Because it gets mm -hmm. foggy. No, it it does. foggy. This is wonderful. Yes, this is great. Thank you for yeah. having me. Thank you for being here. I really enjoyed hearing your story about your upbringing, you know, about your son. I think it's just so important, you know, seeing how he's growing up and how you know, music and art and how he is, is I, I'm excited to see what um, this little boy does. I really am. <laughs> Me too. I mean, he's already done a few things, a couple things. And um, oh, he's a, he does hip hop dance too with yeah. Verve Dance Studio. Mm -hmm. And he is actually really amazing. Yes. Yeah. Oh, I forgot to mention that. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> shout out to him. Verve Dance Studio. Oh yeah. We love Verve. Yeah. We do. Yeah. He, it was funny because one time I, you you know I asked him what he wants musically like what he, what he wants to play or whatever so he wanted to do drums and I asked him okay drums what kind of drums hand drums or like one with the sticks and he said mm -hmm. hand drums so I was taking him to the drum and dance classes the African drum and dance classes and then once I realized he could not focus on anything but the dancer warming up I knew he had to get into dance classes mm -hmm. that, yeah music can come later on but right now he needs to, I need to focus him on that dance stuff. And that's brought him, like he, doing dance stuff, gotten him opportunity to shoot a commercial and like do a little, do a little modeling thing. So, I mean, he's already done that at seven. Like, can you yeah. imagine what he's going to do in his lifetime? That kid like, is oh a my force. God. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Yes. And I think that's important as a parent. Um, I know we mean well for our children and we want them to have better things than what we have. But at the same time, you, it's a conversation. It's just not a one way, you must do this, you must do that. This is what you're going to be when you grow up. It's, it's a conversation. It's an act of observation, noticing mm -hmm. what they're into, noticing what they're not into. Mm -hmm. um, it's really important as a parent to open up the conversation to your child, whether it's a physical conversation or just that energetic conversation of um, just noticing what their body um, does and how they react to things physically. So um, yeah, I think either way, you're gonna turn out great, whatever upbringing you have. But as a parent, um, you just really, I think listening to your children is very important. And um, you know, coming from a Latin culture that always doesn't happen. Yeah. And I think with these newer generations as us and us growing up with these more sensitive generations, we're learning more as parents. Mm. If you're willing to listen as a parent, there's so much to learn. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? If something is not working mm. for you as you try to parent and figure it out as a parent, Mm -hmm. What can you do differently? You know what I mean? Doing your research. I feel like anytime we come into a barrier, uh, parenting wise, I'm like, okay, I'm gonna start reading some stuff. Because <laughs> something's got to happen. And yeah. I don't know what to do. And uh, so let's try to figure this out, you know. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it's just parenting, man. It's, it's a journey. It's pretty it is. It's that's a craft within itself you know like that's a craft within itself because you can't do it the same way how everybody else is doing it just like your music right you can't you don't want to do it the same way how everyone else does it you want to have your own little excuse me you want to have your own style to your parenting and um make it look different but also make it work for you and your child Right? right. And I think that it's just important to note that it is a craft. It's a craft you also have to nurture. 
if you think you're going to do it like how your parents did it, you know, it's right. That's not really how it's going to happen. Cause I grew up in a Guyanese household and some of the things that, you know, my parents, did, we, I can't do that for my kids, you know, I'm like, Absolutely. no, it's okay. I remember so. hearing, um, Mayan Bialik one day say, I um, love her. the best parenting advice that she had ever received was that, um, you have to do what's best for you and your family, mm. like what works for you and your family. And once I heard that, I was like, yes. Okay, cool. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you for giving me permission to adjust to my circumstances because mm. my circumstances are not the same as your circumstances. Mm-hmm. And um, so, you know, you just got to do what works best for you. And I was just like, yes, because I mean, really that's the only parenting advice anyone should get anybody because we do things as individuals so differently yeah. it's just do you do what's best for you and that's all you really can say because I you know people get into giving their opinions and how you should do things and mm-hmm. it's like thank you I have heard what you said and I'll do what that with that information what I want but what works for someone may not always work for you Exactly. So it really is figuring out how you're going to handle this situation. This was wonderful. This was Thank so good. Yeah, this Thank you. Great. I love chatting with you. Yes. We, I mean, we can always chat again. Sarah, thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for sharing a part of you and your story with our listeners and also with me. I appreciate you so, so much. The feeling is mutual. Thank you mm. so much for having me. So- So much love, my sister. This is beautiful. Thank you all for listening. Enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you.